Welcome to Episode 5 of Behind the Mosaic. I'm your host, Don Marie Zimmerman. The 2018 Mosaic Arts International Exhibition Series is the 17th annual exhibition produced by the Society of American Mosaic Artists, and it opens February 15, 2018 in Boston, Massachusetts. The exhibition is divided into three segments, the Invitational, the Fine Art, and the Architectural and Site-Specific Mosaic. The latter two segments will be hosted by the Boston Society of Architects in their gallery, BSA Space. These juried member exhibitions are a pinnacle of achievement for a contemporary mosaic artist. And each year, hundreds of artists from around the world submit their best recent works. And a panel of distinguished jurors, both from inside and outside the mosaic art community, select a small fraction of work for the exhibition. The jurors also select specific works that are, in their view, extraordinary in the field of entries. The 2018 Best in Show was awarded to Andrea Natkin for her work, Primordial Traveler. In this episode, I chat with Andrea about the long and winding road her life as a student and traveler and explorer has fed her thirst for making art. Andrea earned her BFA in painting from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Her work has been included in several exhibitions and art publications in the United States and abroad. I am thrilled I was able to capture her reaction when I told her that the piece that wouldn't leave her alone for years was selected as best in show. But first, we start at the beginning. Let's start talking about you a little bit, my dear. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you are uh, very mm-hmm. well studied, but I'm curious in all of mm-hmm. your um, time in art school, was there a time, was it during art school mm-hmm. or before that you first encountered a mosaic? And what was your first impressions of mosaic at that time? And then when did things switch to wanting to be f- so fully invested in the making of mosaics? <laughs> ah, well, I, I didn't learn about mosaics when I was in art mm. school. I don't even recollect if we, it was even mentioned in art history. Uh-huh. And my undergraduate program, it took me 11 years to get through my undergraduate program. I stopped and started several times. I traveled. Mm, okay. And so it, it wasn't like a solid four-year program I was in, I was out. I, like I said, it took me 11 years. Um, so I had a lot of, and I went from school to school to school. So my experience was varied um, depending on, you know, where I was at the time and what I was at what point I was in my my studies. But I'll tell you, the mosaic, I was introduced to mosaic when I was young, when I was living, I was probably in grade school or, yeah, grade school, middle school, where we did, and this was in the 50s, early 60s, where there were projects you could buy little ashtrays. They were stamped metal ashtrays, and you mm-hmm. it came with 
ceramic yeah. tiles and you put them in there and you made a mosaic. I, think I made a few of those. <laughs> so I remember doing those. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, I think that was probably my very first introduction to mosaic. Um, but I also I remember when I was in I don't know what grade it was. I don't I don't know if it was grade school or it was high school. I can't remember. But one of the art projects in my art class was to make a mosaic and what we used were magazines that we mathematically figured out what we wanted to do the subject of it and then we went to magazines for color and then we glued the colored magazines onto cardboard, corrugated cardboard and the corrugated cardboard got cut up into tessera and we made a mosaic out of cardboard and magazines. Mm. <laughs> and the first time I did it was just like a sort of a collage. It was a collage of magazines, but then these became the second project was they actually became little pieces. I don't know who taught that class and why and anything about it, but I, I still have I still have both of those oh, pieces. Wow. And yeah. And so those I think were the those were my very, very first introductions to the art of mosaic. Um, and then when I was in, you know, it, through my college years, I spent six months in, I think it was 1970, 1970, 72, or yeah, in, in the 70s, I think it was, 72 okay. probably. I went to Europe and traveled for six months with a friend of mine. And that's when we were in Madonna. And we were in Rome, mm. and we went to, you know, all the big European cities and saw all of them, the mosaics from Barcelona to, like I said, Rosanna, and probably some in Greece and Rome and throughout, throughout Italy. Um, and those, of course, left a, a deep impression, um, but it wasn't like a focus. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no focus. There wasn't this yearning. Oh, I want, I want to learn how to do that or that. Cool. I, I need to, you know, I'm driven with this. I just, it just was something that I appreciated. Well, and it's surely so a step away from the, the, the pieced magazine work that you had done. It's, it's, it's a whole yeah. different <laughs> universe <laughs> exploring yeah. Ravenna. Yeah, exactly. And uh huh. And I, and I think. I, you know, in some ways, <laughs> this is going to sound probably funny, but in a lot of ways, my travels to Europe, and I was in my early 20s, and I really don't think I was too awake mm. in that, at, at that mm. time. I mean, I, I was walking through life, but I don't really think I was awake to what it was I wanted to do or what self like what I was felt drawn mm -hmm. to. So I think that's a common that common experience for people in yeah. their twenties. They're really not all the antenna aren't quite <laughs> exposed yet. Uh huh. Extended. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it sort of was like, oh, I was just kind of taking all of all of the impressions in that I experienced as I traveled through, you know, the cultural rich areas of Europe. Mm. And so there were lots of experiences 
And, um, you know, when I came back to the States after that, I think I went back into school and started back on my art career or my art studies. And then I got discontent again. And then I left and then I went somewhere else and did something completely different. And I came back, (laughs) finished, like I knew what I wanted to do. But when I came back, I thought I was going to go into fashion just because I loved to sew. But I never, I knew, I found out right early on that no, that just isn't my, that's not my, that's not my thing. I, you know, fashion is not my thing. I don't really think I feel like I belong to, even though I feel like that part of me, that fabricated things in sewing mm-hmm. is a lot like mosaicing, except it's three-dimensional. It's, you know, you wear these things, they're clothes you put on, there's all these pieces that you put together. You can embellish them, you can, you know, there's, it, it really, I think it's, when I think about mm-hmm. There's a common thread. I think there was always mosaic as a common thread, except I didn't know it. That's interesting. But like, I like to do puzzles. Yeah. You know, like doing puzzles, like jigsaw puzzles. It's, they've always, I've always loved it. Maybe it's the compulsiveness in me that, you know, the, the sorting and the finding things that go together, the likeness and the similarities and the disparities of things. And so, I think that's um, something that's common amongst a that, lot of people who do work in mosaic. Actually, the conversation I had in episode four with Laurel True, she had the same um, draw to mosaic coming from uh, some time studying fashion and the piecework of sewing. Um, had, mm-hmm. you know, construction, the construction right. and, and the Garments steps of making yeah. mm-hmm. um, is something that's coming up in a lot of my conversations. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really interesting to hear you say that. Yeah. You know, I think it is. It's a lot about the process, um, and I, I mean, every art form has a lot of process to it. If you know, if you're engaged by it, it's got to have some kind of process to it. But this, these, uh, you know, it's like cutting the, you know, selecting the fabric, selecting the pattern, cutting the fabric, putting the pieces together. Structure is a lot like. Mm-hmm. Choosing the tessera, you know, choosing the material, cutting the material, preparing it. You know, there's a lot of the same kind of really identifiable components to the, the construction process that the art form takes in, in, in its creation. And do you think part of it, too, is that all of those steps are very different from each other? So it's not something that becomes drudgery because is, mm-hmm. as you move through something, one step, right. you get to do something completely mm-hmm. different, but it's still towards mm-hmm. the, you know, the construction yes. or the fabrication uh-huh. of the work. Right. I think that's really, I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting thing that you brought up because it is a variety of skills. Mm-hmm. And 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 pieces. And I I grew up with my with a grandmother who was an artist herself, and she participated and 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 she worked in a lot of different mediums. She did ceramics, she did printmaking, uh, etching, she did painting. She um, 
she crochets, she knits, she sews, she, you know, she made clothing, she made home fashion, she gardened, she macrameed, she embroidered. <laughs> I mean, this woman just, she did everything. She fixed things that, you know, I watched her, you know, use, use power tools and get up on a ladder and put things together and construct things. And, you know, and I think she, I think her influence raised, raised that are for me in terms of being interested in a lot of things mm -hmm. and and because if I were doing only one thing I think I would get really bored yeah. and I think you're right I think Man Mosaics has a lot of has a lot of variety of things going for it that um, that keep it keep it fresh keep it interesting keep it new and keeps expanding the opportunities and the potential yeah and you had said that you you do a lot of different things and so you do a great deal of drawing. I know, mm -hmm. um, cause I've seen many mm -hmm. of your beautiful mm -hmm. drawings, um, in pencil and charcoal yeah, and other you. mediums. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. do you move from one medium to another? Do you see them all as separate, um, experiences or are they all informing each other for you as you, go about creating when you're in your creative mode? Yeah. Well, I think mm, yeah. I'm not sure okay. <laughs> how to answer that question. Um, I, I do like to draw a lot and I draw in the same way I work with ceramics. Mm -hmm. I work with ceramics in the same way that I draw. And how, how, how is that as a non-ceramic person? Explain that to me. <laughs> okay. Well, this, this is, that is like, you know, you have a lump of clay or you have a blank piece of paper okay. and they're the same thing. They're just two different forms and you start working with them. You start with the piece of paper, lump of clay and you, um, and you, for me, it's like, okay, how do I feel? What do I want to make? What do I want to draw? What am I feeling? What kind of line do I want to make? What kind of shape do I want to make? Where where do I want to start? And there, it's, there's never something, well, I shouldn't say never, but there's really something in my mind like, oh, I need to draw this. This is exactly what I need to draw. I know exactly what it's but I want to draw, I know what I need to do to get mm. that drawing out of me. The drawings and the ceramics generally have a life of their own, and I really allow them to evolve and to take shape and form as time goes on as, as I continue to work okay. on them. So you start with the raw material and then go within. Okay. Yeah. I do, and it's all really intuitive. It's all very um, gut-driven. I don't know how to always say it. <laughs> you know, and in some ways, it feels like um, I. I guess I. I don't know a lot of people that do it that way, um, but it's really the only way I've ever made any artwork. Um, unless I'm, you know, doing something that someone asked me to do a commission or, 
you know, I want to draw a portrait of myself or of somebody I know, um, or drawing a life, you know, a still life. There's a specific directive or request. Yeah. Right. So, but for my own amusement and my own pleasure, it usually just comes out of, you know, both what I feel, what's going on inside and how, and the materials that I'm choosing to use and how they behave. And so does that work for you in mosaic as well? That approach? Yeah. Yeah. Mosaic is, um, I haven't really found that to work in mosaic quite so successfully, (laughs) but, um, because I don't really feel like, you know, you know, Lana Shapiro, the spontaneous mosaic, you know, that, that was her thing, right? And even though she called it spontaneous, it wasn't really spontaneous. She took things out, she put things together, she took things out, she rearranged things. You know, it was a process. There was editing involved. Yeah, it wasn't preconceived. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I am going to do this still life. I think... Well, maybe she even did, you know, I want to do, you know, a garden scene. And it would evolve. It was, there were pieces that come in and go out until she felt satisfied with the way it looked. Um, I have, uh, in terms of my mosaics, they are mostly um, derived from drawings. I will interpret a drawing into a mosaic and... You know, I thought that would be really easy, <laughs> but the reality of it was that it wasn't very easy. And um, and then I tried doing things like, okay, let's just let's just go with the gut feeling thing. And I didn't like the way it turned out. I mean, mosaic is a slow process. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of materials. And I have learned that you know what? If I'm going to put this as much time into it, I want to. I want to enjoy what I'm doing, and I want to be able to say that I, well, this is probably going to sound exactly opposite of what I just said, but I I want to be prepared that it has an outcome that I know that I'm satisfied with, at least visually, compositionally, you know, even though I have no idea that it will, but it has a, a, it's, it already has some sort of form. Um, and, and honestly, and now that I'm thinking about it, there's been mosaics that I've made where I have had form, and it never, it didn't turn out good. It didn't always turn out good. So is it hard for um, you, hard for you to, to edit? Is that because of that time and material? Because this has come up in a few of my other conversations with the podcast and in discussing mm-hmm. with artists, you know, w- at what point are you deep in the weeds and we need to backtrack and chisel things out? Or do you want to know where mm-hmm. you're going mm-hmm. to avoid having to get to that point that you're in the weeds and you need to chisel things out? Well, I think I think that I was going to say this, that I still feel like I'm really a very I'm, I'm still a beginner in mosaics. I don't I don't I don't feel like I've done enough of them to really feel that I can take listen to my voice and create something in a in a moment or know 
I, I need mm-hmm. a plan. I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying is I need a plan. <laughs> and so the plan, the plan is my drawing. And so like in sewing, I need a pattern mm-hmm. because I'm not going to wing it. And I, and I've watched people make mosaic without a plan in doing something that's coming from within, I'm assuming, because I know there was no plan before. They got <laughs> Don't know where else. It didn't look like there was <laughs> Don't one. know where else it came from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't see one. And I, and I believe I even asked the question, like, do you do any drawings? And I'm like, no. But, you know, that to me is like, wow, that, that's, a, that's a place to, um, to strive for. Um, but, you know, I'm still, I'm not unhappy where I'm at. Um, and I believe that every mosaic is a learning opportunity that, you know, builds on the, uh, you know, on the heels of the one before it. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, despite the challenges that mosaic provides, I haven't been turned off of the medium yet. <laughs> I still feel challenged by it. I get excited about it. I don't get enough time in my studio, unfortunately, yet. But you know, that's you know that 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 still doesn't stop me from thinking about what's next and and what to do and to make you know to to continue to collect materials and to and to be involved in the art mm-hmm. form. I'm um, curious. Do yeah. you consider a teaching an educational experience for yourself? Then I mean, you you claim that you're you know still in the beginning stages of your education on all that's possible with it, mm-hmm. do you find inspiration and new insight through the process of teaching? I know for some people they do, and I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, right. I I would believe I would believe that a lot of people do. Um, I am not teaching that okay. much, so um, I I. I can't answer that question from that perspective, but I believe that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, I, I hear, you know, yeah. And you know, I, I have a degree in art education. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, that's what I got my degree in when I went to right. art school because I knew I wasn't going to make, make much as a studio artist. So I had to think, okay, well, how can I make a living? Well, I can become an educator. And, you know, and while I, I feel like I educated my shop mm-hmm. to a limited degree, um, and, uh, and I have taught at the school, um, I just am not really that comfortable in that, in that. And maybe it's that I haven't found what I really like to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does, it does clarify. It does clarify what it is that is important to understand in order to be successful at doing it. As well as... They yeah. say that, you know, in order to... Yeah, in order to know if you've learned something, to teach it. And I think there is a lot of truth to that. And I, and I you know, in some, in some ways I believe that I'm missing out because it probably would be a really good thing to, to teach because it would... It would hone my own skills. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't have a lot of practical experience. And I, okay. So you don't put that question out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's go back to um, go back to your design process in creating mosaics, starting with a drawing, um, because a lot of I, I see a thread of or a theme thread through a lot mm-hmm. of your work with the uh, image of a seed in lots of different states mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. new you know fresh seeds decaying yeah. seeds etc and i just i'm curious mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. being that your drawings come from intuition yeah. where <laughs> and stepping into yet another metaphor on my <laughs> podcast here <laughs> um you know the seeds of inspiration are with your seeds and a little the bit about that inspiration. yeah yeah um i wish i knew exactly where that came from so i could tell you <laughs> um i don't know why i'm so attracted to that shape um i think it has its roots in nature both, you know, plant nature and it also has its roots in the feminine. Um, being, you know, the the vulva or the birth canal. Um, and when I think about those two things, themes are the beginning of life. And, you know, they harbor so much information and so much potential and they take so many forms and really without seeds there would be no life. So I, I honestly, I don't know why I was attracted to that shape and that fat thing, but that's where I'm at and that's where I find myself. And I don't know if it'll ever change, but when I sit down to draw, I've always got, I've always got this, popular shape mm-hmm. in it. Well, I'm curious. I mean, maybe you're not going to be done with it until you do figure out why. Yeah, right. I don't know. But, um, but I just, I, it just keeps coming out of me <laughs> and in one form or another and I just can't stop it. So I, I don't, I just think I'm going to travel along with it for as long as it is. <laughs> well, Speaking of traveling, <laughs> the piece that mm-hmm, um, yes. we're presenting in Mosaic Arts International 2018 is titled Primordial mm-hmm. Traveler, and it, again, brings up the yes. theme of, of seeds and things. Do you want to talk a little bit about this piece? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like that piece. <laughs> um, that piece was... Um, I have been carrying that piece around with me for probably probably about seven years, seven, five, six, seven years. Um, I did a drawing of of that piece a long time ago, and it has gone through um, not several incarnations, but it has. I have used that as. Um, I took a class in drawing for mosaics and that piece, I, I did that piece and it, and it started out as a very small drawing only, you know, in a book that was like maybe, I don't know, four, 
three by four, three by five, five by seven, something small mm-hmm. like that. And um, I blew it up to the size that that piece is, which is 18 by 24. And I just drew the tester in there. And it was a plan. It was sort of like, okay, this is a plan for a mosaic. And then, um, and then it sort of sat there as a plan. I hung it in in my studio, in my shop, and just looked at it for several years, thinking one day, you know. And, and then I took a class on making frame making, and I made a frame exactly that size. <laughs> so it's been this low, long, like what? It's like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's just been germinating for a, quite a long time. And then um, I took a class with Viridiana Murphy, and um, I started working on that piece with with him, and and then and then I stalled out, and then it stopped, and then it stopped, and then I started and did a little bit more, did a little bit more, and then it stopped and stopped and stopped, and and I, you know, and I, it, it just it took me until 2017 to finish that piece, and and when I finished it and I looked at it, it looked like it has so much history in it that it like it's traveled from the beginning of time. That there's this imprint in it and this rich, unwritten but felt history that goes back eons and eons and eons and it's coming and and it's and it's here today. And it's gone through all these permutations and evolutions and mutations. And this is what it is. And it's as simple as that and as complex as that. And there isn't much more to it than <laughs> that. But um, but it's almost like it was patient, as patient with you as you were with it. Like the idea stayed with mm-hmm. you as mm-hmm. you developed your skills and developed your familiarity mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. various materials, because there's a lot of different materials in this as well. And it's patience mm-hmm. with, with you. Mm-hmm. And then it just mm-hmm. basically came through yeah. you, this ancient message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was never rushed. It was never rushed. It, it just sat and took time and it, it, it was like, you know, you put a seed in the ground and you allow it to germinate. And there's, for some seeds, there's no telling how long it's going to take before you see a sprout in, coming up out of the ground. Um, but I know I, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty patient person by nature. And um, this was, it didn't, it never tried my patience. I just allowed to be what it is. And when I was ready for it, it was ready for me. And we moved to the conclusion, you know, last year and, and it's complete. And I am, I am pleased with it. You know, are there things that I would like to change about it? Yes, there will be. If I were to do it again, would I do it differently? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Um, but it, 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 for me, it was a affirming piece because A, it's the, one of the largest pieces I've done since I started mosaicing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I want to start working bigger. I've worked small for 
you know, the past 12 years. And it's now it's like I feel like I want to get bigger. I don't know why I want to do it, but I just <laughs> want to get bigger. I've got plans for some new pieces, and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> but I think that was... That was that was part of the um, the beginnings of that. Well, it's um, it's really interesting, and I think accomplishing it was. Accomplishing, finishing it. Well, and that's, I guess, where I wanted to to go next with this because it's now, now that it that you're done with it, and we're going to take it and we're going to install it um, at the B, the BSA uh-huh. space in um, in Boston. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a new life okay. of its own. Um, the jury was very moved by this mm-hmm. piece, and this is my oh, really? opportunity to let you know that Mm -hmm. Primordial Traveler has been awarded the 2018 Mosaic Arts International Best in Show Award. (laughs) Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. So your patience. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Oh, my God. (laughs) Patience pays. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that is so awesome! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'll give you a minute. <laughs> wow! Mm. Now you know why I wanted you. Okay. I needed. To, I needed you <laughs> on the phone oh before god. Thursday. <laughs> Seriously! Oh my god! I can't. Oh my! I just I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. That thank you. Oh, thank you. That that is so meaningful. I mean, that's like I feel like that's my heart and soul in that piece in a way that I've never I've, I've not done a piece like that before. And that that's so affirming because it's the direction I feel like I want to continue going in, and I don't even know exactly what that means. But um, that is so affirming, and oh man, I and I that I am wow. <laughs> well, I am I wow. am very excited to Thank tell you. you. Well, that's good. That, um, I am so curious to hear like what other people get out yeah. of it. Like what what? How does it? How 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 does it make you feel? <laughs> what 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 does it say right. to you? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh wow. Thank you for sharing that with me. Listening to the story of how it was made, I think um I hope everyone listening to this if you take anything away, um take away that being true to your true to your own voice and digging in and sticking with it. Um will mm-hmm. resonate with people, whether mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it could have been this year's jury, it could have been next year's jury, it could be, you know, a collector one day down the road. Um, you never know who you're going to connect with, but you can never go wrong to me. No one can ever go wrong if they they stay connected to their inner voice and what they're trying to do from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just, I'm thrilled hearing the story of the piece to be able oh. to let you know that I'll be handing you the Best oh, in Show Award wow. in Boston. Oh, my God. That is 
talk about um, taking class and your influences because I know you um, as you said you kind of walked in and out of various art institutions for 11 years while you traveled and did Uh other things and Mm -hmm. I know you are influenced by a lot of very well-known contemporary artists but you you are also an avid Mm -hmm. Uh, student, you love every chance, at, and being that mm-hmm. your supply business is conveniently located in the Chicago Mosaic School, you have the opportunity to really mm-hmm. um, absorb a lot of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. juicy mosaic education yes. goodness mm-hmm. that flows through <laughs> through the building. Um, talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit about your experience taking classes and what is different for you now. Because um, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, you feeling like in your 20s you weren't necessarily awake. And I identified with that. I, I was dancing in a dance company yeah. in New York in my early 20s. And there's so much that I think I missed oh, really? because I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was too scared to go out at night. So I like mm-hmm. did everything you could do in New York City mm-hmm. during the day. Um there's just something oh, about wow. you know mm-hmm. that age where you you really don't know your own power 
and it sounds like through meditation and and uh, these other practices you've uh-huh. been able to you know kind of get in touch with your inner power and your inner voice and so how is studying now mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. all of your experience different than art school in your 20s art school okay um we haven't really talked about this but um my studio practice um is you know i i i've had studios in my home and I've had a studio in a community space um, on, at various places and various points in my life where there's other people around. And, you know, and being in a school situation, there's always people around when you're in class. And as I've gotten older, I have appreciated more and more the opportunity to work alone in my studio. Um, because it's where I feel I can control the situation. I can control the environment. Um, I can think about what it is I'm doing without being distracted. Because I have tried to work in places that are community community places, and invariably, I cannot concentrate. Mm-hmm. I can't focus. I'm distracted by the noises and the music of other people, and I don't get anything done. So, and I preface your answering your question with that because in a classroom situation, it's so social. Mm, it's so social yeah. because there's so many people in there. Even though we're focused on what is being presented and the topic and the task and the technique and the whatever that we're doing that I can't focus. I have a hard time focusing. So, and and more recently, I'd say in the past probably five, six, seven years, I haven't been taking very many classes because I've, I, I get really self-conscious. I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel like I can, like I just mm-hmm. told you, I don't feel like I can focus. Mm-hmm. I can't really focus on it. And I'm second guessing myself when I'm in with other people. I don't, I second guess myself enough when I'm in my studio by myself. <laughs> the, yeah. And that's okay. I don't mind doing that. That's part of my process. But when I'm with other people, it makes it it's more agitating you want to limit the voices constructive. <laughs> limit the voices yeah. in your head <laughs> yeah exactly as often as i can well i i feel you there <laughs> you can oh, feel yeah. me there that's i mean i i think i'm yeah i look at it a lot the same way and and but i for me it's kind of always been that way i much prefer i am happy as a clam being all by myself in my studio yeah. Well, that said, I just this afternoon came home from a class with Carolina Zanelli um, from Steel and Miracle. Mm-hmm. At the Chicago um, Mosaic School, right? Okay. Yeah, from the school. Um, and she was teaching a class in color theory. And um, I wanted to take the class. And I've taken color theory before and several times before. Um but I wanted to take this class from her because I saw a book that 
the Mosaic School of Friuli publishes about mm-hmm. color. And I thought, oh, this would be a good idea to know a little bit more so I can help people understand what the book offers. Um, so it was, it, and and I, honestly, John Marie, it was the first time that I had taken this class. And maybe it was because I wasn't, I wasn't creating of my own. It wasn't like this, this, this image or this mosaic that I want has me mm-hmm. in it. In a way, I mean, we were doing a copy. We were doing a copy of something. We were learning the technique of color and colors and how they relate to each other. So it was very mechanical. Mm-hmm. It was almost, you know, it was more science than art. The left brain is opposed to right brain. Yeah, right. So it is. I didn't. I didn't have any of that anxiety yeah. about performance anxiety. <laughs> so, so that wasn't too oh, bad. That's a good good term but for it. I'll it is performance say, anxiety sometimes when you're in a class. That's that's a perfect. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, but I will say that there have been classes that I have taken that I have been totally immersed in and absorbed by because. There's a technique that I didn't know anything about, and it was, or it was an opportunity to practice. Like, learned a lot from Matteo Randi, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot from you know Verniano, and 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 you know, and even Key. He's his technique is completely different, and and he's you know, and each person comes with a personality some are a little more accessible and open and easier to communicate with than others but um i think the opportunity to close the gap in the world is i think that's what's been for me the experience being at the school the experience of meeting and working with artists from around the country as well as around the world has been really eye-opening well and i look to, i look at that more as an opportunity to learn about you know human nature than <laughs> ah. so much more than mosaics because i haven't really taken that that many mosaic classes from uh, recently well and i think in thinking about what you said about wanting to have a plan with your mosaic i'm sure all of these um and new skills, especially when it comes to laying of the material or the ondamento and different approaches for um, completing mm-hmm. or filling in your your drawing with mosaic material, that just adds to the expediency and the efficiency of your plan. It makes you a better executor of your plan. If that's mm-hmm. <laughs> an mm-hmm. executor. Yeah. <laughs> but... Executor. executor of your plan, it, you know. Uh huh. Right. Right. Well, that's that's always good, right? To be better at execution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to be able to work faster. That's for sure. And more, I feel more more confident at. I feel like I still am so slow when it comes to mosaicing, and and I think just like anything else, the more you do it, the more you practice at it, the more confident you get, the quicker you get, the easier it becomes. 
And it's just like time in the saddle. You just got to put the time in the saddle. You got to get in your studio. You got to get to work and just keep doing it no matter what. Just keep doing it no matter what. No matter what the voices and, are saying. Right. No matter what. No matter what the voices are saying, good or bad. Just, just, it's just you can't have too much work. You know, uh, my daughter went to art school and she took an illustration class or a joint class. And one of the assignments for the class was to do um, 100 self-portraits. Wow. And so, you know, the class was a semester long and was at three months. There's 90 days, you know, what, 30, 60, 90 days in the three months. She did 100 portraits and it's at least a portrait day. And, you know, and I thought about that, and in the end, I'm sure she got much better and quicker at doing her self-portraits. And when she compared day one to day 100, the growth in mm-hmm. that was probably exponential. I bet it was a transformative thing. Yeah. Both exactly. personally and, uh, and technically. I, uh-huh. Right. You, 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 you know, you just... You, practice you can't it's such an under you or underappreciated word but i think it's so vital and crucial to any artist who wants to get better at expressing themselves you need to keep practicing it you need to keep practicing it and you need to you know you need to get people to people who you admire and respect and trust to critique your work and look at it with a critical eye because, you know, I mean, in some ways that's what these exhibitions do, these opportunities to show our work is we get to put it out there and people respond to it. Even better is to have, you know, someone, you know, offer an opportunity to let's talk about this piece. Let's talk about that piece and, and, and see, you know, it's so beneficial for any artist to hear what other people, how other people react to your work and if they get what you intended to say. You know, I always find it really interesting because my intention to say something is I sometimes don't know what my intention is to say it until after I've said mm-hmm. it. And then I see something in it that someone else will see something and that confirms to me, oh yeah, that's really right. I didn't really, I forgot that. Or I wasn't, it was something, I don't know, something on some level. And so you're, you're open to, you're open to impressions or viewpoints of others about your work that um, are very different from your intentions? Oh, I'd be curious to hear mm-hmm. them. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people aren't. <laughs> or, or, yeah, they don't. They know what they want, and well, they know what they've intended, and that's it. Well, I think that, and I think also with mosaic, sometimes all of the, all of it went into the fabrication, and then there's this detachment mm-hmm. from what happens once it's completed. So it's interesting for me to hear, you know, that that you are open and interested in looking to continue the conversation that you start with the fabrication of the work and see it as an ongoing 
conversation, which I think is great. It's one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast so that we can hear a little bit more about process and not only the nuts and bolts of process, but more so the motivations, inspirations, desires behind the process, you know, the whys, you know, why. And, and with primordial traveler, especially, um, there's so many choices of materials in that, that to me, um, are that part that you were saying, you know, it, it, it looks like it's lived many, many years and mm-hmm. using stone and shell these things that have this, one of the mm-hmm. longest, uh, permanence yeah, on the planet, a sense of permanence on the planet. It's, it's like mm-hmm. the stories of those stones and those shells came along with it. And I think do kind of mm-hmm. resonate that, that feeling mm-hmm. or that sense that this, mm-hmm. this work has, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was created much, much longer ago yeah, than it actually it's was. It's, it's really old. Yeah. It's really old. <laughs> but you know, I think I, 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 I've never thought that any piece of art once it's done is over is mm-hmm. dead i mean people are still looking at works you know mona lisa leonardo da vinci we look at those works and we still they still move us they're they're, they're not dead they're they're still alive they're still we still have a relationship they're still with them. connecting and resonating so, as an artist, with new viewers yeah so Right. So as an artist, I, I want to continue the conversation. And why, why, why would you not? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So Especially after all the time invested. <laughs> it, yeah, right. It, and, and yeah, I and mean, hopefully you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the time that you spent doing it. And I would probably assume and believe that most of all, most of the, all of the work that's in the show was done with a lot of joy. I think so. I'm excited. And that was a lot of pleasure. I'm excited to yeah. be staging it. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled on so many levels, Andrea, I'm, because I'm a fan of yours. I'm, I'm a fan of you as a person, but I'm also a fan of your work and having this story to share with people, I hope will inspire them to keep working and keep entering, whether it's MAI or something else, just keep working. But, you know, you were in it for several years and then you weren't in it for a while. And you've spent this time, invested this time on this very deep personal work and been through this journey with this piece. And bam, not only did it get in, but it resonated deeply with the jurors enough to make it stand out against, you know, 30 other works. Oh my gosh, that's a lovely thing. <laughs> I am so honored to, to to carry that torch. I feel very, very honored. Thank you. Well, I want to oh thank you gosh. for this wonderful chat. I think our our time is up, but I think I could probably have okay. many, many conversations with you. And as our podcast continues, I'll, uh, I'll, dial, I'll dial you up again, mm-hmm. if you let me. Okay. Yeah, indeed, indeed, and 
And um, yes, yeah, so you, you're on my list. So good. We'll we'll keep we'll continue we'll continue the conversation oh, for years to come. Excellent. Thank good. you, Andrea. cannot tell you how much fun it is to tell an artist that their work has been recognized with an award. We invite you to visit the SAMBA website. There is a link in the show notes on SoundCloud and iTunes uh, to a page with Andrea's work and some reference links. There's more information about the Society of American Mosaic Artists the 2018 American Mosaic Summit, our annual conference, and that Mosaic Arts International exhibition, which will be at the Society of Arts and Crafts and the Boston Society of Architects BSA space opening February 15th. For all of that information, visit AmericanMosaics.org. Thank you for listening. This has been Behind the Mosaic, and I'm Don Marie Zimmerman.